Hello, listeners. Mandy here. Before we get into today's episode, we would love to hear your thoughts about the podcast and what you'd like to see us cover in the future. It will only take a couple of minutes and will really help us out. You can go to worthy.com forward slash survey and you will be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. Submissions must be received by September 30th, 2023 in order to qualify. Thank you. And now on to the episode. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy, dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. Consider this. Your diamond ring, bridal set, or other diamond jewelry can be a hidden financial asset that helps you with that fresh start. But selling jewelry can be a nightmare. Worthy offers an easy, headache-free solution by partnering with you to help you sell your jewelry and get the best deal on your piece. Our quick and easy process means less work for you and more money when you sell, all done from the comfort of your home. Visit worthy.com to learn more. For this episode, we're talking about creating your plan for financial freedom. Now, financial freedom sounds awesome, sounds really exciting to me, but exactly what does that mean? And then I can see how having a plan for getting to financial freedom would really be helpful, but it also seems kind of complicated to create that, and it also may be hard to stick to in practice. So I'm guessing that's probably why many of us don't really have a plan like that. But joining us today... To guide us through this conversation is Leah Hadley. Leah is a nationally recognized financial empowerment expert, a former investment analyst, and a best-selling author. Leah has had many challenging financial times in her life, including becoming a parent of three overnight, getting divorced, and building her own business from the ground up. Welcome, Leah. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're, you're here. Let's start by talking about what financial freedom means, because the first thing that comes to my mind is having a heap of money bestowed on me, so I don't have to fret about sticking to a budget, curbing my spending, and being assured that I have enough to take care of myself in my old age. <laughs> but I, I, I don't think that happens to very many people. <laughs> That's true. That doesn't happen for many people. So yeah, I think financial freedom means different things to different people. For sure. And certainly having access to significant wealth is one version of financial freedom. But for a lot of people, it's really about having the control over your finances, knowing where the levers are so that way you can really manage your money to your own goals, to what's important to you. And knowing how to be in control of your income, for example, knowing how to be in control of your expenses. So that way, the decisions that you're making are not just decisions based on a limited financial expectation, um, but really understanding how you can have control within managing your money to allow for the freedom that you're looking for. Can you give me an example of what that might look like? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I work with a lot of people who are going through divorce. You know that. And a lot of the folks that I work with were stay-at-home parents. I work with a lot of stay-at-home moms who maybe were out of the workforce for 20 years, 30 years, and exiting the marriage, we're looking at how are you going to sustain your lifestyle? Is there enough income, uh, whether it be through spousal support or child support? Um, or does that look like repositioning assets to generate income? Does that look like going back to work? Does that look like starting your own business? You know, But really looking at these decisions through the lens of all of these are options for me. I have the freedom to choose what I'm going to do And I can decide how important whatever that level of income is for me to be able to support my lifestyle, right? And so if we're looking at somebody who maybe isn't necessarily going to go back to work, but needs to reposition their assets to generate income to support their lifestyle, that's going to be a very different option than somebody's looking at, well, what is my skill set? What could I do job-wise today versus investing in potentially further training or education in order to expand my ability to generate income. But really looking at income as one you know, part of your financial picture as flexible, fluid, as having options um, and not necessarily looking at it because sometimes people look at it with a very, you know, kind of closed mindset of, well, I'm just going to get whatever I can get to generate, you know, whatever income I can generate tomorrow, but not looking at the big picture and saying how, where can I really take control of my options um, and potentially invest in myself or like I said, reposition assets, you know, what are my options? And sometimes I'm guessing that's a a multi-step plan because I know for myself, when I got divorced, I had made a decision that I didn't want to work full-time. I wanted to be part-time because I wanted to be at home in the afternoon when my kids got home from school so I could help them with their activities and with their homework. Absolutely. And you're exactly right. It can be a multi-step process in that we might even just be looking at for a portion of time somebody living off of spousal support and or child support, but then longer term looking at, well, really, how much income do I want to be able to generate for myself? And and that could be entering into some kind of an educational program that takes several years to complete. That could be investing in a business that ultimately takes time to rebuild or, you know, build up. So absolutely, it can it can definitely be a multi-step process. And it really is going to depend on what the person's goals are, what they want for themselves. And a lot of times, Mandy, that changes significantly when we're starting to work together during the divorce process, immediately after the divorce. And then, you know, a few years down the road, a lot of times minds start to open up to, hey, you know, I really could change the way I'm living, do some different things. But a lot of times we're so ingrained in what we're doing in our lifestyle when we're married that it's hard to kind of think about what are all the possibilities that could exist several years down the road. Well, gosh, I think that that is such a a fabulous conversation to have. It certainly would never have occurred to me. And I think, you know, my background was in corporate um, America in a life insurance company and operations. And I think that that's where my mindset was. And I know it's just like, well, this is this is what I do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think that that's where it does become very limiting, right? Because we don't necessarily see all of the different options that are available to us. I remember listening to my minister talk one Sunday and he was sharing 
an example of somebody going into a pantry and, you know, just looking down in the pantry and saying like, oh, there's no food available. But if you just like look up a little bit, <laughs> that's where all the food was put away, right? It's similar idea where sometimes we're so focused in one particular area that we don't necessarily know what all is available to us. So how would you, I mean, this obviously is is your business. So, but for somebody who is going through divorce, what would you recommend to them for, for how do they start having that conversation with themselves or even start thinking about, well, you know, what would that income side or that of the equation, what could that look like for me? Yeah. So we always start the conversation around what do you value? What's important to you? And starting to really dig into what somebody wants their life to look like down the road. Now, a lot of times that can be very difficult to envision when you're going through the divorce process. Yeah. Just, it can be very overwhelming in and of itself. But when we start with really focusing on your values and what's important to you, most people, that's an area where we can really dig into and get some clarity around and using that to ultimately be what guides our conversation going forward. But it certainly can be a process like we talked about where it's not necessarily going to be, you know, the light bulb goes off when we first start working together. But I'll give you an example of a client that I've been working with where I remember she specifically said to me, and in her case, her husband is the, the larger earner, and she has supported the family business for years, but has always been very underpaid in that role, quite frankly, you know, based on the, the support that she was providing to the business. And she says to me, in no uncertain terms, I will never make as much money as he makes. So how can I, and then we were talking about some specifics around, you know, what she wanted to do, residence, like where she wanted to live. And I said, well, let's just, let's just stop there for a second. Why are we assuming that you could never make as much money as like, why is that the assumption that we're going to operate under? And if we are going to assume that, in fact, you could make as much money as he makes, what would that look like? You know, what would need to happen sitting here today in order to be able to achieve that if that's what's most important to you? Now, ultimately, for her, we talked a lot about how family is really most important or having time to spend with family. She's got some new grandchildren on the way. And so not wanting to necessarily put the energy into, you know, being able to increase her skill set to a place of generating that much income. But ultimately, she doesn't need to. And she doesn't need to to experience financial freedom either because her lifestyle doesn't require the level of income that he was generating. That's what was most important to him, right? But it's having those conversations and getting clear about well, what do you want your life to look like? What is most important to you? And from there, we can start to navigate, well, what does that mean in terms of, you know, in her case, generating an income looked like she did decide to re-enter into a more formal full-time role. And that was so empowering for her to realize that, hey, I have these great skills. I've been supporting this business all these years. I can absolutely work for somebody else, making significantly more, having great benefits, but you have to have your mind open to the possibility that that can happen. Wow. Is that a conversation that you think is fairly typical for financial advisors to have with clients? <laughs> 
So one of the designations that I hold is that of an accredited financial counselor. So I think that we do get into some different conversations than maybe your traditional financial advisor role. And I find that incredibly beneficial and really being able to support people well, because I'm understanding where they're coming from, what's important to them, what their priorities are, and what their relationship with money is. Because a lot of the stuff that we're talking about really has to do with how you're thinking about money, you know, what the mindset is, some of the stories maybe you've grown up with and experienced in your marriage around money. And so we do dig into some things that you may not dig into with a traditional financial advisor. Right, right. That would be so, so helpful. Leah, we are going to take a short break here. This is my guest today is Leah Hadley. Leah is a nationally recognized financial empowerment expert and a former investment analyst and a best-selling author. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We'll be right back. Do stay tuned. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your ring from a symbol of the past to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything, from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, visit worthy.com. We're ready when you are. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about creating your plan for financial freedom. My guest today is Leah Hadley. Leah is a nationally recognized financial empowerment coach. She's a former investment analyst and a best-selling author. Leah has had many challenging financial times in her life, so she knows exactly what you're going through. She's become a parent of three overnight. She's been divorced, and she's building her own business from the ground up. Leah, before we go back to our conversation about creating a plan for financial freedom, You have a download on your website called a Getting Divorced Checklist. And I wondered if you would share with our listeners a little bit more about what that checklist is. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So one of the areas where, honestly, people waste a tremendous amount of money when it comes to going through a divorce is just a lack of organization. Because when you are organized and you know where your financial documents are, you can communicate that clearly with your attorney. There's not a lot extra back and forth around just lack of organization. So the checklist is really designed to help you get organized, to know exactly you know the things that you need to document, to get organized, to have easy access to. And it's just a simple checklist so that way you have, you know, everything documented in one spot. That sounds awesome. And it, and I completely agree with you that you can save a lot of time and probably money and professional fees by being organized. So listeners, we're going to share the link to that download in the show notes. And then please do visit Leah's website to get that and to, so that you can use it yourselves. So jumping back to our conversation about financial freedom, one of the comments you made was that it is a balancing act. It's about looking at the income side of the equation and how you can generate income. But the other side is is lifestyle 
And that gets us to, it's almost like, you know, I always feel like budget is this this word that nobody, like everybody groans about. Oh my God, budget, really? Do I have to do a budget? But I kind of like the the positioning more about thinking about your lifestyle. But that, that's the other part of this equation is I'm assuming you can't get to financial freedom unless you've got that boatload of money just bestowed upon you. You can't get to financial freedom if you haven't done the work on thinking about your lifestyle and what you want that to look like. You're absolutely right, Mandy. And, you know, that's part of why we talk about it in terms of the plan for financial freedom, because you do want to be planful with your money, you know, intentional with your spending, intentional with your saving, intentional with your investing, right? And so having some clarity around what your expenses are. And I do a lot of education with clients around fixed versus variable expenses. So a lot of times people's fixed expenses are so high that they feel this cash flow crunch, especially post-divorce, very consistently, right? But to have that freedom to keep those fixed expenses lower, to have more discretion in terms of you know, how you spend your money from month to month because you don't already have so many big financial commitments goes a long way. The other piece of it, though, is I mentioned having a plan for savings. So it's really important, and we always talk with clients about this when they're going through their divorce in particular. So a lot of times savings are used up in legal fees or certainly reduced significantly, but having liquid cash gives you flexibility. It gives you time. You know, if you have things coming up, if you maybe aren't getting additional income right away, you know, you have a source of money to operate from. It gives you flexibility if you will be selling investments at some point or repositioning investments. It gives you some flexibility around some timing if you have access to cash. So that's another piece of really having the freedom is making sure that you are, in fact, saving money in a liquid cash asset of some sort. And that's that's an important piece of it, but certainly keeping your fixed expenses low. So that way every month when you start your month and you have your income coming in, it's not already committed for you. But working with somebody like you can help somebody take all of those monthly expenses and start making a plan for how do you reduce the fixed expenses and understanding discretionary and then starting to plan to build up that savings. Well, I'm thinking, you know, I do often see people coming out of divorce. I think this also gets to what you were talking about. Sometimes they have a lot of credit card debt. Absolutely. And that's that's like pretty high priority to deal with, you know, have a plan on how to deal with that credit card debt will get you to part of that financial freedom plan. Absolutely. And really looking at it structurally. So seeing like, what are the interest rates that you're paying on any of the debts that you have? And are there opportunities to restructure that debt in a way that it's more manageable, right? Because you're exactly right, Mandy. A lot of people, especially when they're going through a divorce, are just doing whatever they can to pay their legal fees or to just in some cases, they don't have enough money to make ends meet every month going through the divorce. And they're like putting groceries or, you know, whatever they need on credit cards. But taking a step back, because a lot of times the other thing I see people doing during a divorce is taking advantage of like zero percent promotional offers and things like that in order to just get through that period of time. But it's important once the dust has settled to take a step back and look at everything and see, okay, where am I now? Are there things that I need to 
you know, reduce the interest expense on, consolidate, refinance, you know, whatever that looks like, depending on the nature of somebody's situation, or potentially, you know, take some savings or investments and just eliminate that debt. So then I am starting, you know, from a cleaner cash flow perspective. But we certainly look at all of that when we're working with somebody and figuring out what's going to be the most efficient way for them to really get to the financial place they want to be. So one of the things that I, I'd love your input on is like, do you think that somebody should focus on paying off the credit card debt and not put money away in savings? Or do you think that it's still good to like just put $150 a month in savings? And yeah, that might mean paying off the credit cards over a little bit longer period, but then you are built, starting to build that savings fund. Yeah, whenever I'm working with somebody who does have significant credit card debt in particular, we always talk about what is the source of that debt? Where did it come from? You know, and especially if I hear things like, you know, oh, I had this car problem and, you know, needed to replace my tires or, you know, things like that that come up. If you don't have any savings to deal with those things that are inevitably going to come up, you'll never get out of credit card debt. So I always encourage people to have at least some savings to deal with those things. So that way they're not going to just keep putting it on a credit card because otherwise they're just going to, it's just a cycle, you know, and it's a cycle that's very hard to get out. So yeah, I absolutely do encourage people to build up at least a little bit of savings. The other piece that we talk a lot about is like habits and behaviors. And so for a lot of people, they really just need to establish that habit of saving consistently. And, you know, whether it's, $25 a paycheck or whatever it is, literally just getting started in some way so that they're doing it consistently. And you talked earlier about relationship to money. And I think that that comes into this conversation. I think you were also, you know, talking about it there, but I know that I've been trying to, like when expenses come up for me or something that I I hadn't seen, sometimes that makes me feel feel guilty that I should have done a better job at it. And then I'm pulling money from savings and I shouldn't have to pull it from savings. But I've been trying lately to look at it as being, hey, well done. You had that money in savings that you could pull it from. Mandy, I love that. That's such a great way to look at it. Absolutely. And I do cheer clients on just that way sometimes. I will say, you know, imagine if this had happened a year ago before you had any savings, you'd be in a much more difficult position, right? So you're exactly right. I love that reframing. And it does actually feel quite liberating. I, I'm trying to like convey this this thought. Like budgets just seem like so restrictive and rigid, and most of our population don't like budgets. But if you can do that savings, then it is liberating. It's that financial freedom when you've got the money set aside that you you can dip into to pay for those tires that you suddenly need. Because I know I I went to the tire shop and they found a screw in one tire. So then they said I had to replace all four. Of course, you know, that's like, oh, I can't just replace the one. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are exactly right. And the other piece of it is, and I know that budgeting is a bad word for a lot of people, but I really do think about it as being intentional and mindful with, with how you spend your money. So essentially having a plan for this is how I plan to spend my money, but also acknowledging that, 
you know, plans don't always happen the way you planned them, right? And that's okay. You know, having the attitude to know that that's okay. But one of the things that I found when I was budgeting very consistently early on, especially when my children were new to me, is that there were a lot of things that come up every year that I didn't know to plan for initially. But when you start to pay attention to how you spend your money, there are fewer and fewer surprises, right? So the example that comes up for me every year, just because it cost a small fortune every year, was summer camp, right? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> getting my kids registered for, so there was like the timing of it, like first the initial payment, getting them registered, and then, you know, making sure it's all paid for before the summer starts. And the first couple of years I had my kids, you would think that like somehow like <laughs> summer camps were a new thing, like, but I just didn't plan for it. And it was a big expense for me. Um, so I learned my lesson, you know, so then I knew that I had to start preparing and having money set aside so that way I could make sure that I was paying for summer camp every year. But it's the same thing with their birthdays, you know, having extra money set aside during the months where each of them have a birthday, you know, things like that that are absolutely going to come up every year. But if you just kind of budget on a weekly or a monthly basis, you might not be thinking about those things that don't come up every week or every month, right? So what budgeting does allow you to do is get clarity around where your money's actually going, whether it is going according to plan or not, at least you know where it's going. And when there are these things that, while they feel like they're one time in nature, really some of them come up every quarter or every year and you can plan for them. And so I think it really does give you a lot more of that freedom because then it's not that like, oh no, do I have to pull this all out of savings? Am I going, you know, you just feel like, all right, I have a plan in place. I know how I'm going to pay for it. And then, you know, you can follow through on it. And it really is a learning effort. Like you said, like, you know, you, you missed it for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we just have to be kind to ourselves and say, you know, we're not all accountants and bookkeepers and we're humans and we have these expenses come up. So then like, I know here I'm in Colorado. So here when people get divorced, they have to produce these sworn financial statements. And there's a section in there, which is on expenses. Everybody hates that section. Right. But it really, I've, I've heard from the court that the court wants people to take a look at their finances. It's often the first time that people are putting together that actual list of what they've got coming up and going on every month. So that's not just a theoretical exercise. You can turn that into something that is really beneficial for you. Absolutely. And it's a starting place, right? You're doing it at a moment in time. But things change. Life changes. You might move. You might have different utility costs. You know, your kids age out of the house. Your food costs go down. All of these things change. And it just it's an evolving process. So it's not something that's just like a one and done, but it's a great starting point. And then starting to kind of be more mindful about those things really just help you in terms of having the flexibility that most people want. We're almost up on time, but I do want to ask you another question too. And this probably tells you a lot about my relationship with money. And that is like, you know, when something comes up and I feel I never want to touch my savings, but I think that there was like something that happened last year. We had a, a, a bit of a family crisis and I really needed to go back to England and have a vacation with my family. And I ended up calling my financial advisor and saying, I have to do this. And he said, that's great. This is where we can take the money from. But it felt so hard to call him and say, I, you know, I need to do this. I hadn't planned for it, but help me find the money to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. 
And, you know, I like to have different accounts for different things. So one, you know, absolutely people need to have an emergency savings account. And depending on the nature of that particular, you know, what was going on, sometimes that's a great use of emergency funds, especially, you know, for people. And it happens a lot of times when a family member falls ill or, you know, there's a death in the family or, you know, there's a lot of reasons why. People need to travel at the last minute and it's not necessarily planned, right? And I think emergency savings is a great use for that. That's why, you know, why we establish it. But there are other things that come up like just a, a regular vacation, right? Where having a general savings account or if you vacation is a big priority for you, having a vacation account, you know? So I think the more intentional we are about what we do with money, so we really have a focus and a plan for it. It allows us to be really clear on something's come up. I have a place to pull it from. I know exactly what to do because life happens. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it really sounds like creating this plan for financial freedom can be a way of reducing your anxiety and stress around money. Exactly. Yeah. Leah, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed talking to you once again. It has been my absolute pleasure, Mandy. Thank you. And we will put in the show notes the link to your website so that our listeners can download that checklist for getting divorced. Thank you again, Leah. Thanks. Listeners, my guest today was Leah Hadley, president, founder, and CEO of Great Lakes Divorce Financial Solutions. Leah is passionate about helping her clients secure their financial independence through a strategic financial planning process. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to help you get the best deal possible on your diamond jewelry. Visit worthy.com to learn more and get started. If you have questions about an episode, compliments you'd like to share, or would like to be a guest, please email us at podcast at worthy.com. Follow the podcast at We Are So Worthy on Instagram or see our Facebook page, Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, for information about the show. Please see our show notes at worthy.com forward slash podcast for resources and more information about today's episode and guest. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. You can learn more about me at mandywalker.com. Huge thank yous to Worthy's production team. Listen, follow, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Our next episode will be live in two weeks, so stay tuned. Stay tuned.